0: All right. So today's passage comes to us from the Old Testament. It is spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. It's around 700, maybe 600 BC. And Israel, that kingdom that King David united, yeah, well, it's good and divided now. Isaiah is the prophet who serves the Southern contingency. He serves Judah. And Generally, he's known for admonishing the people to stay on the right path. But he also instills faith in God. He shares a word of courage to the people when they're fearful. And at times, Isaiah describes in glowing terms the glory and the future with God. So just setting the stage for you there, um, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 43 verses 16 through 21. So follow along in your Bible or on your device. And I even invite you to keep your Bible open after we read the scripture so that you can dive into this and we can really ponder God's word for us, how we can rely on God's message in the new year. So now as I read Isaiah 43, 16 through 21, listen with your ears and listen with your heart. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The animals will honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At New Year's, Isaiah's writings here are meaningful to me, to soak in, to ponder. Annually, I read this in my devotional time. And as the New Year starts, I post this on my social media. If you were to check out my Instagram or my Facebook page, you would see this. Not right now, while I'm preaching, but maybe later you could look at it. But this is important to me every year. And I soak in these words. It's important that this passage reminds us of the hope that we have as Christians. And I intend to share that hope and some lightheartedness with y'all this morning as we embark together on 2023. So listen for God's calling on your life. Listen for the promise he makes to guide you in the new year. Listen with reminders in the wilderness that we have these reminders of hope. At the Hergert house, much like here at the church, our Christmas tree is still up. Lights, ornaments, and all. And even though the Christmas presents that were under it have been ripped open... We still turn on the tree lights every day, and we enjoy this. Our driveway is still lined with little green twinkly lights. So much fun as we come into the the driveway, we pull up into the garage to see all of that. And then there's Mr. Hopeful. Yes, we named our snowman. Mr. Hopeful sits at the, um, at the corner, at the fence line. He's still there. And even in this heat and humidity, he is still hopeful for some cold white precipitation. Out front, long streamers of white lights still decorate our house. They're streaming down, down, down from the Bethlehem star that set way up at the peak of our front entryway. And on the ground in the front yard, our angel adorned in all these bright white lights is still heralding Christ's arrival out in the front yard to all of our friends and all of our neighbors. And in our little neighborhood, we are never the first ones to set up for Christmas. But for 25 years now, we've been the last to take it down. And after a few letters from the homeowners association. But for us, these days of epiphany, these are the days of Christmas. These are the days when we get to be together, when we get to share and just enjoy one another in the Hergert household. Because you see, The hopeful anticipation that we experienced for the four weeks of Advent, that does not cease when Christmas Day concludes on the 25th. All the feasts and presents and carols, they taper off, sure. But the feelings of anticipation, the hopeful expectation, that continues into the new year. These are the 12 days of Christmas. Following Christmas Day into the first week in January. And Christians over the centuries, Christians around the world celebrate this time when God revealed his son Jesus, fully human and fully divine, Emmanuel, God with us, incarnate, God with skin on. This is the time that Christians consider to celebrate our Lord to discover what new things God is doing in the new year. However, the commercials, the ads, media, they will all tell you that this is the time that's best to catch the sales of the year. There's still things you need to have. For example, Target stores will tell you right now that you should give your home a fresh start with a new vacuum cleaner on sale. Maybe you didn't have a vacuum cleaner under your Christmas tree this year. Best Buy, they want you to know the top TV deals, and they want you to believe that you need one right now in order to watch the football games. And then there's the media outlets proclaiming that there are things you need to know In order to function in 2023, like the Wall Street Journal, they want you to know where home prices are headed next. And yet, our sovereign God has no need for catchy jingles and shocking news stories in order to convey the new thing that he's about to do, nor does he require our buy-in. He is telling us, just as he told his people back in Isaiah's time, in the verses right before today's passage, God says, I am the Lord. Another place he says, I am God. He says, I am your redeemer. And he calls himself the Lord your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. God identifies himself to us over and over in scripture, reminding us that he made us, we did not make ourselves. He redeems us, we cannot save ourselves. He is our king, we are not reigning and ruling over him or anyone else, or even ourselves. He is God and we are not. Now, if we're willing to accept this, if we're willing to recognize his lordship over all, his sovereignty, majesty, splendor, then God has some amazing news for us in this passage. As our sovereign God, he says in verse 18, Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. Do not worry about the past. We know about Isaiah's former things, don't we? These are the things that he calls us not to remember. For example, globally, we might be saddened by the state of this world or we might be saddened by the state of our nation. On a more personal level, we might live with disappointments, maybe in others or in ourselves. Might live with guilt, shame. And it's easy to fall into thinking, well, this is just how it's always going to be. But the Lord... The Lord has so much better in store for us. All these former things are not to be remembered. They are not to harass us or shame us. Satan loves to mess with that, doesn't he? Instead, as I read the verses 16 and 17, picture in your mind's eye the parting of the Red Sea as God reminds us of who he is. God says that he is the one who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Remember, in Exodus, God parted the Red Sea in order for his chosen people to pass. And regarding the Egyptian forces, God goes on here to say that he's the one who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And so it is with the former things in our lives. God says that they are no longer to be remembered, that they are to lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. By the power of our great God, those former things have no hold on you. They are not to oppress you. Instead, God is doing a new thing. He says it like this in verse 19, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This wilderness in Isaiah, this word is a desolate, dry region. Imagine a land so barren that not one single stem can break up through the rocks. No sheep could possibly graze on this land. Such an area is mentioned like this in the original Hebrew in the Old Testament only five times. It is such a barren wasteland. So for rivers to spring forth here is incredible. It's remarkable. It might look something like this for rivers to come through such an arid and barren land that things could begin to grow. God says, kind of like this, I'm going to lay a route. I'm going to make a way, not through the sea this time, but through the wilderness that separates my people from the Israel I intended her to be. He will lay new roads for people in the desert. He will open pools of clean, fresh water for them to drink in the desert. God tells us of his wonderful acts of deliverance. He reminds us of delivering his people out of Egypt, Out of slavery, out of bondage, way back in Exodus. And then he speaks through the prophet Isaiah to his people at that time, some 600 years before Christ, that Israel's redemption, Israel's restoration from exile was coming. And he still speaks to us today that salvation, our salvation, comes in Jesus the Christ, our Savior. And you see that new way, that roadway, that path, that word in Hebrew is the same kind of way in the Greek, the original text of the New Testament, the way to which John the Baptist refers in Matthew's gospel in chapter three. When John appears in the wilderness of Judea proclaiming repentance, When he's crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, heralding for all who will listen that the Messiah was indeed coming. And then look in our passage at verses 20 and 21, God goes on to say, the wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people the people whom I formed for myself so that they may declare my praise. The new thing that the Lord is doing is of such cosmic significance that even the most fearsome beasts of the desert will be subdued. They will honor God. Even the most brutish of beasts will cooperate. That is the remarkable nature of his work, placing rivers in desert wasteland. That will preserve life and vitality out of a barren wilderness. God will do this for the people that he has formed for himself so that they may declare his praise. Just as God brought his people through the great Exodus in Egypt, in Isaiah here, he will bring them through the desert, through Babylon, through that wilderness life of exile. And in our own lives, he will do a new thing and God will bring each one of us through our own deserts, our own fears, disappointments, anxieties, failures each one of us through our own wilderness to find life and vitality. Those former things that might have threatened to run all over us, those former things that might seem to rule the day to win out, oh no, no. God will use them. God will use them. Whatever may have been intended for harm, God intends for good. And in order to preserve countless lives with him. He is doing a new thing in us. We are his image bearers and he creates a new heart, a new spirit within us. He opens the eyes of our hearts. He transforms us so that we no longer conform to this world and on and on in scripture. And in response, We praise him and worship him. We point to the new thing that God is doing in our lives, that God is helping us to perceive. And in glorifying God, we serve as his witnesses to the whole world. And even though the people of Judah turned away from God, at times they ignored what the prophet Isaiah had to say in warnings, God still loved them. So he offered them encouragement that he was about to do a new thing, that he was gonna make a way in the wilderness for them. And when God came to dwell among us here, incarnate in Jesus Christ, it was God's same steadfast love demonstrated all over again for his people. And this is the same love all the way back in Genesis, when God initially created the world, he created us, he called us good, very good, in fact. And it is that same love that he made a covenant with a wayward people, he called them a nation, and he led them in a wilderness time. That same love held Jesus to the cross, bearing our sins, that we would have a way out of the wilderness to be with God forever. Listen, I will not challenge you to come up with some New Year's resolution that you might or might not keep, and it certainly won't save you. Instead, I invite you prayerfully ponder God's word for you. I ask you if you will perceive the new thing that God is about to do. Follow the star of Bethlehem. Follow the Christ child. Take some kind of action that praises and glorifies God. You know, maybe that is a spiritual practice. You could try one from our website. Maybe that's stepping out in faith for something that you sense God is calling you to do. Take a risk. Trust him with the results. Seek out the new way in the wilderness that God has in store for you. And be hopeful. All right, well, it's February, no, it's March 1st in 2022. And uh hopefully I've been talking. He's gonna take a nap and he'll be back. What's that? Oh, yeah, he said he'll be back in November. Oh, what? Yeah. Well, thank you. He said, hang in there. And he's looking forward to seeing us in November. Love you. (laughs) Okay, I promise all the other Christmas decorations were down before March 1st. But we do keep Mr. Hopeful up just in case through the winter season, there might be a bit of white precipitation. So yes, it was March 1st after several HOA letters um, that Mike took down Mr. Hopeful and he sent me this funny video. But just like Mike said, hang in there, hang in there. The anticipation we felt during Advent does not have to end when Christmas day concludes. All of that Advent season We were anticipating the Christ child, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. Now let's hang in there and let's be full of anticipation. Be receptive to the wonderful thing that God is about to do through Christ in our lives. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you in advance for the new thing that you will do in and through each and every one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.